you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I don't know the name of the song, but Havana Unana. There it is. Why has that been stuck in your head for so long? I don't know. I must have heard it somewhere. And you know how my theory that we've talked about before was if you don't know the lyrics for a song you just get stuck because you oh, can't move right. on to you can't ever finish the, the song the only in lyric i know is havana Z-na-na. that's it that's the only <laughs> part i know so i just get stuck in a loop where i keep repeating that well i hope some of you at home were able to guess what that was but hello everybody and welcome you are watching and listening to the command zone podcast i'm your host jimmy wong how's it it's josh lee kwai Hunana. today we are talking about decks a deck tech that's right we're back to a deck tech about a brand new commander that is coming out uh has come out has come out actually Right, because pre-release is this weekend. <gasps> How exciting. Hope you guys had a great pre-release. Uh, well, you'll be seeing this after that probably, right? Yep, you'll be seeing yep. after pre-release and after Game Nights. The new hey, Game Nights coming out. I think, wow. hopefully. Hey, when is Game Nights coming out? <laughs> We're not exactly sure at this point. We're trying to finish it up. Um, this should come out after Game Nights. If for some reason I'm lying and we've switched the release schedule, then we'll try not to spoil Game Nights. Oh, perfect. Well, the latest Game Nights is here. Maybe, maybe not. And uh, At least it's close. Yeah. In the new Game Nights, we actually played the four new multicolored generals from Rivals of Ixalan. I played Kumena. Josh played Alenda, the Dusk Rose, who, uh, pretty cool art. <laughs> anyway, we're going to break down the deck that you built today, Josh. That's right. So we're going to be talking about Alenda. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about a bunch of cards besides Alenda. And if you want to order any of those cards, just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link, you'll be supporting this show, supporting game nights, and all of our content. We really do appreciate all of the listeners and fans out there who... You know, you're going to buy Magic cards anyway. When you use that affiliate link when you do, you are really helping us out. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, our other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. You can buy Ultra Pro products on Card Kingdom or at your LGS. Basically, if you go out and you buy Ultra Pro products, you're supporting the show. I highly recommend, as always, the Eclipse sleeves. And also, check this out. we got sleeves for Alenda that Josh used on the show as well. So they always release sleeves, of course, with every new set. They're Eclipse sleeves. I've been using them for quite a while. You refit all your decks with them. Pretty impressive. And they hold up, and they're great. And I've used the same 60 sleeves for pre-releases for like 12 of them now. Yeah, I would say, too, that it used to be the um, Ultra Pro sleeves that were not... So the Eclipse have the like solid black but back, but some of these, like these uh, Linda sleeves have like printed backs but even they are way sturdier than they used to be so and they've also removed the little sticker i know used to annoy some people on the front so they don't have the ultra pro sticker on the translucent side anymore anyway ultra pro just killing it lately you get to see more card all right oh no not all right i mean all right but not all right okay (laughs) the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to AJ, AJ Alvarado. AJ, you rock. You rock. We really appreciate the support. There's two little housekeeping things I wanted to mention that I've been meaning to mention on the last couple shows, and we kept forgetting, so we're going to put them in here real quick. Sorry um, for those people that didn't skip past all this based on the comments. <laughs> You're going to find out about something kind of cool. So Graham Stark from Loading Ready Run has a his own YouTube channel called Graham Stark. We'll link it, and you're probably seeing it right now if you're watching the video. And Graham was actually in town about six weeks ago now mm-hmm. for an episode of Game Nights. Now, that episode is, isn't coming out for probably six to eight weeks, but... While Graham was here, he took some video, and he did a vlog, oh. which is a nice behind-the-scenes look at when he and Kathleen were here for Game Nights. So if you're interested in Game Nights and how we make it and what goes on behind the scenes, you can visit Graham's YouTube channel. Again, Graham Stark 
And uh, I think it's his most recent vlog. If he's released a new one since then, it'll be in the top or the newest like two or three. And I also want to take this opportunity to say that we've been working on our own behind the scenes featurette video for Game Nights that's a lot more involved as far as like we've taken footage from when a lot of the guests uh, from Mark Rosewater to, you know, Ashlyn and Christine Sprankle to Professor and Wedge. And we've put that all together to kind of show. I know a lot of people are interested in how Game Nights gets made. So that's going to be coming out sometime soon as well. Yeah. And, of course, this is episode 194. We are almost to 200. Oh, man. Yeah. At episode 100, we did a janky fun live stream where we built a an Ailey Eternal Pilgrim deck on stream that was later one of the worst decks we've ever built in our entire lives. It's but hard to build a deck live with the audience. It was really fun. We had, like, 800 people watching. So we're trying to come up with some great ideas for episode 200 we want to make it special so if you have any suggestions comments or ideas please tweet them at us post in the comments send us a message on facebook or on patreon if you're a patron there and uh, we'll uh, compile all of them and see what we get yeah we need some good ideas for episode 200 because right now we have no idea what we're doing no idea nothing okay. and speaking of not having any idea what we're doing let's talk about josh's deck tech for alenda the dusk rose well you want to talk about the card first? Yeah, let, it's an interesting one. Yeah, let's. Re- I'll read it really quick here. Um, it's two white black for a one one legendary creature, Vampire Knight. It has lifelink, so four mana one one with lifelink. It's not a great start. Two abilities. First is whenever another creature dies, put a one one counter on Alenda. Two things to note about that. One is another creature, so it doesn't have to be your creature. It can be anybody's creature. When anyone's creature dies, Alenda gets a 1-1 counter. It also doesn't say non-token creature, which a lot of these type of cards do. Mm-hmm. So any creature dies, Alenda gets a 1-1 counter. Then her second ability is when Alenda dies, create X 1-1 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink where X is Alenda's power. So let's say like three creatures have died. Alenda's got three counters on her. That makes her a 4-4. Then when she dies, you make four vampire tokens, 1-1s with lifelink. Two things to note about that. Yeah. The first thing is to realize that you make vampires equal to Alenda's power, not Mm -hmm. the amount of counters she has. So if she has three counters, she's actually a 4-4 because she's a 1-1 by herself. Or if you had like a sort of feast and famine on her, that would count towards her power when she dies and you would get extra vampires basically. The last part is the annoying part. I talked about this on the last episode. Um, The way that the command zone works... And that the commander format works is it says when Alenda dies, that means you have to choose to put her in the graveyard rather than your command zone. If she gets killed or exiled or whatever, well, if she, it gets, she gets destroyed, let's say, and you choose to put her in the command zone, you don't get any vampires. Yep, because she's not actually going to the graveyard, going to the command zone. It's a replacement effect. You get to choose it anytime a commander switches zones. So Alenda has to die for her main ability, perhaps her most important one to trigger. Yeah, I think that's by far the more powerful of her two abilities. This creates a lot of sort of trickiness in deck building because, as we talked about before, token decks generally aren't decks that are trying to do a lot of recursion because the tokens themselves can't be recurred. So it's just, it's not in cahoots with itself, right? But black is the color of reanimation, and so putting something in your graveyard is not the end of the world. And Uh, white is too, so... Yeah, white is as well. And, you know, there are ways to exile cards from your own graveyard if you are going down that route, and you can put Alenda back in the command zone. But basically, where you usually it's like, oh, my commander died, let me just cast it again. If Alenda dies and you want to use her ability, you're going to have to jump through some hurdles, and that means more cards to be used, and that means less cards for you to use to win the game. For your main plan, right? Yeah, for your actual plan. Taking advantage of the tokens or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it was a tricky deck to build, and I went through a lot of iterations sort of thinking about and trying different things before I landed on what I ended up building, um, which I'm still not 100% is like the most optimal way to build, or maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Again, we're building these decks before anyone else even knows they exist, so EDH Rec could totally change how I think about building this deck, but... I have gotten to play the deck a few times now. Mm-hmm. Um, we played on game nights, obviously, but we had our own game nights, and uh, it does work. It, it will win some games. I don't think it's a top-tier commander, but it's it can do some cool stuff, and it can be extremely explosive. Well, let's talk about that explosiveness. How, is how, what is your win con for this deck? Because you, know, you didn't want to recur her too much, right? Right. So, yeah, I skimped on recursion. Uh, there's a teeny bit, but I sort of went with the philosophy of being a little bit more explosive and combo-y. Not mm-hmm. like infinite combos, but like 
the idea was kind of, I'm going to take advantage of Alenda's second ability, making vampires exactly one time. And the one time I do it, I want to win the game. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so, because if I got to put her in the graveyard, I don't want to have to get her back out. I just want the game to either, to basically be over at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And plus, like, every time I build a deck and it's like, oh, I need to cut cards. Well, if I had an Alenda deck and I had to put in, you know, five to six recursion cards just to make sure that my game plan isn't working as well, I, I kind of like where you went with this, where it's like, look, I'm going to be all or in with this commander or nothing. Yeah, just going to try and, I'm going to try and, if, if she sort of dies at a moment when i'm not ready to quote unquote go off then i'm gonna let her go to the command zone i'm not gonna get vampires i'm gonna try to get her back out and go right. off on a different turn right um okay but for being four mana uh, yeah for a tough. one one yeah she's not not very safe when she hits the battlefield so okay i'm gonna we're gonna do this deck tech a slightly different way than we normally do because i'm gonna talk about the main plan of the deck first and then we'll sort of go down what's gonna make that plan happen there are two key cards that are the most important cards in the deck and kind of allow you to do the most broken things, I believe. And they're very similar. They're the two altars. Yep. These are some of my favorite cards in Magic. It's Phyrexian Altar and Ashnot Altar. They're both artifacts. They both cost three mana, and they both say a very, very similar thing. Ashnot's Altar says sacrifice a creature, add two colorless mana pool, uh, mana to your mana pool. And Phyrexian Altar says sacrifice a creature, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So Ashnod's makes two, but they're colorless. Phyrexian Altar makes one, but it's any color you want. Any color you want. So these are extremely powerful cards just by themselves. Any deck that's playing one will usually play both. And usually when these cards hit the table, they're pe- people that know the commander format know like that's a, a combo-y type card. Yep. It allows for extremely explosive things to happen. It's converting creatures into, into another mana. very useful thing, which is mana. Yep. Um, and sacrifice outlets in general, and there are more than just these two in the deck. These are just the two most important, are very good with Alenda, right? For a few reasons. One is you can sacrifice your other creatures to put tokens or 1-1 one, one counters onto Alenda. And get mana while doing so. Yep. And they allow you to control when Alenda exactly gets sacrificed and you make the vampire tokens. You don't want to have to be relying on your opponent to play something to destroy her, right? Because right. they're not going to do that at an opportune moment for you or right when you want to. So you want to control when that's going to happen and when you're going to go off. I'm going to say go off. Again, the combos aren't really necessarily infinite. It's just big enough to usually win, you hope. Um, Alenda, another way to think about her, and, and as I was goldfishing the deck and started to mess with it, I realized Alenda really sort of allows you to sacrifice your creatures twice. Oh, interesting. So let's say I've got Alenda and three creatures. I sacrifice the three creatures. That puts three 1-1 one, one counters on Alenda. Now when I sack Alenda, she makes four vampires. Mm-hmm. And then I can sack those all again. So I've sort of sacrificed my original three creatures twice. Right. So that's a, a good way to think about how this, this deck is built on sacrificing its own creatures multiple times to get enough mana to do a couple of explosive things. So there's let's talk about the main plan, the finishers in the deck, the win conditions... Uh, there's two main ones, and then there's two sort of backup plans. <laughs> the two main ones are Debt to the Deathless and Exsanguinate, and they're very similar. Debt to the Deathless is white, white, black, black, and X. It's a sorcery, and it says each opponent loses two times X life, and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. So wow. you pay a four additional mana plus X, and then everybody uses, loses twice X life. So let's say you pay 14 mana total. Everybody would lose 10 life. Sorry, everybody would lose 20 life. Which is 10 times 2. And then you would gain the amount lost. So if it's a four-player game, <laughs> you'd gain 60. Everybody would lose 20. Um, it's like a big Kakusho. That sounds crazy, but when you think about what I just said, if you just had three creatures, Alenda and Ashnod's altar out, you know, let's say you've got six mana on the table. When you sack the three creatures to Ashnod's altar, that's six mana. Mm-hmm. You sack Alenda, that's eight mana. You get four vampires because of the tokens added. Sack, Sack those. Four. That's 16. Or sorry, that's eight more. That's 16 mana mm-hmm. plus your original six. That's 22, 22. mana. So you're going to drain everyone for, for 36. 36. 18 that's times a, two. And that's a pretty moderate board position. Ashen's Altar and three creatures plus your plus your commander. Yeah. And they can be any. They can be tokens. So just with just a little more than that, you can win the game. And that's kind of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Get Ashen's Altar out and then play. And... the 
the the second card that's a lot like Debt to the Deathless is kind of redundancy for that effect. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's exsanguinate. I was getting exsanguinated while I tried to say that word. <laughs> X black black for each opponent loses X life and you gain life equal life equal to the life loss this way. So it's not two times XX, but also the casting cost is two mana less. Yeah, up front. And so and I found, you know, if you have ten creatures, which is not super difficult because of we'll talk about some other cards, and Alenda, it's very easy to just create sixty mana. Yeah. Because you're sacrificing those 10 for 20 mana, then you sacrifice a lender, 22, then you have 20 more, sacrifice those, blah, blah, blah. The effects start to double up, and you can have these turns where you're just like, mm-hmm. I create 90 mana. And boom, you're dead. Yeah. yeah, everyone's dead. Um, you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. There's two backup plans in case those don't work or you don't have them. One is Blood Artist, which is a card we've talked about many times. It's one in a black for a 1-1 vampire. It just says when a creature you control dies, target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. It's target opponent. So it's a little bit harder, but through sort of sacking multiple creatures over and over, uh, you can really drain out a lot of opponents that way. And again, because Elena lets you sort of sack everything twice, you can get in these loops where you can kill maybe a couple of people. It's it's going to be hard in this deck to really get everybody with that one card. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it, they also have Zulaport Cutthroat. There are yeah. similar effects, but yeah, it's basically that idea, which is you're playing an Aristocrats deck, I believe is, Kinda, is how yep, they refer yep, to it. Exactly. Um, another win condition that you have is the, the double backup plan. It's the backup to the backup plan. Yeah, this is not the plan you want to be on. It's Cathar's Crusade. It's three white, white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. So basically... If you put out 10 tokens or 11 tokens or 5 tokens, they're all going to start seeing each other and putting tokens on each other, and they're all going to become huge, beefy creatures, And in which case you have a battle plan to attack and kill everyone. Yeah, and it works really well with a lender, right? If you ever get a lender to like a 10-10, you sacrifice her. 10 vampires come out all at once. Cathar's Crusade, sees they all see each other, so they're all 11-11s. And so you'd put 110 power on the board at that moment. Hey. And if you do it with Ashnods, you can do it on the end step before your turn. Hopefully everybody's tapped out. They don't maybe see that coming. Mm-hmm. And you have a chance to maybe win the game through attacks. Although, like you said, I don't think that's the best plan in the deck. It's just yeah. a plan that's like you can fall back on if you have to. Yeah, and you're black and white. You don't have access to universal haste enablers, which would make the Cathar's Crusade plan a lot more viable. But because you have to wait, it's a lot tougher. Yep. Yeah, you can't play Ashnaut's Altar, then do it. You actually yeah. have to wait till sort of the end step. Hope nobody notices. It's a lot. It's a lot more touching. It's go. a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the cards that also allow me to sack my creatures, quote unquote, twice, or in this case, sack my creatures more than twice. So my favorite of these is Requiem Angel. This card's good. It's five and a white for a five-five creature angel with flying. It says whenever another non-spirit creature you control dies put a 1-1 white spirit creature token onto the battlefield with flying. It doesn't say non-token. It says non-spirits. Spirits, right. So you can do things like, again, let's say you've got three creatures in a Alenda. One of them is Requiem Angel. You sack the other two creatures, put two tokens on Alenda. That makes two spirits. Sack the two spirits, put two more tokens on Alenda. Now sack Alenda for five vampires. Sack the five vampires. Make five spirits. Sack the the five five spirits. spirits. How much mana did you create? About a million. (laughs) And that's 
because Requiem Angel is sort of letting you sack all your creatures twice, including the vampires created by Alenda. Yep. Uh, another one of my favorites here, Hangerback Walker, a new card from Kaladesh. Uh, XX, and it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. So if you, it's a zero zero. So if you cast it for two mana, it's going to come in with a one one counter. If you cast it for four, it's going to come with two, etc. You can also pay one and tap it to add a one one counter on the Hangerback Walker. But more importantly, when it dies, you create a one one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying for each plus one plus one counter on Hangerback Walker. So it's kind of similar to what Alenda's doing, except it's caring about the plus one plus one counters on it to turn uh, into little colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens. Um, one of the things about Alenda is that if you boost her power with something like an equipment, it's also going to increase the number of things that she puts out. But you can't do that with a card like Hangerback Walker. But because it can kind of grow itself over turn, it's a really good turn two play. On turn yeah. three, you just grow it by one. Play Alenda, turn four. It's one of the best early yeah. game plays you can make, I think. And then you sack it to Ashes Altar, create all the Thopters, sack all the Thopters. That's a bunch of tokens or counters on Alenda. Sack Alenda, make even more tokens. It kind of allows you to snowball really well. Um, another really good one is Ogre Slumlord. This is three black black. I don't think we've ever talked about this card on the show before. <laughs> It's a we rarely talk about cards from this set. So <laughs> it's a uh, three three for three black black in ogre rogue. But it says whenever another non-token creature dies, another can be anybody's, not just yours. You may put a one one black rat creature token onto the battlefield, and then it says rats you control have death touch. So this is really good because it turns the death of your opponent's creatures into tokens for you. Right. We and, should mention that Elend is the same way. It doesn't care who dies. Yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah. So. Ogre Slumlord is a really good way to, you know, take advantage of. I was going to mention this later, but I can mention it now because they're cards we do talk about a lot. You've mm-hmm. got the normal uh, Dictative Erebos Grave Pack type stuff, of course, in a deck that's going to sacrifice a lot of things. And and both those cards say whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So with Ogre Slumlord, you can really get into these loops where you destroy everybody's right. stuff, right? Because you sack one of your creatures. Everybody else sacks a creature. That makes rat tokens that you sack to make them sack more creatures that make rat tokens to sack to make them sack more creatures to yeah. make rat tokens. And before you know it, you've got the only creatures on the board and you've got tons of them and you've been sacking creatures to Ashton's altar so you get a million mana. Uh, that can be very powerful. Um, the next one is a card that you know, until recently, white didn't really have this effect. Nope, and this is actually a huge effect for white. It's Anointed Procession from Amon Ket. It's three and a white for an enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many of those tokens instead. It's the white doubling season, but only for tokens. Parallel lives, white parallel lives. White parallel lives, right. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty good. White has never, I don't think, had this effect on an enchantment for only four mana, uh, and it's obviously huge in any token-producing deck. One thing I really like about that card is that it costs three colorless and a white, and so you can actually cast that the turn that you sacrifice a Linda. In fact, we played um, the other night. This was just for fun, not on camera, um, and I used that on a game-winning turn where mm-hmm. I did a bunch of stuff, got Ashnod's Altar out, sacked a bunch of things, got a Linda up to like 12 power. Because I'd sacked enough stuff, I could play Annoyed Procession that same uh, turn, sack a Linda to it, and now... Instead of making 12 vampires, she makes 24. Ooh. That's 48 mana to Ashna's Altar, and you're off to the races. You're basically going to win that game. Another card that works really well with Anointed Procession is one of the new cards from uh, Rivals of Ixalan called Pitiless Plunderer. It's three and a black for a 1-4. It says, whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token. And as we know, treasures are artifacts that you can tap and sacrifice to make one mana of any color. So Anointed Procession would double the amount of treasures you get, Pitiless Plunderer basically makes Ashnod's Altar give you three mana when you sack a creature, or Phyrexian Altar give you two. Yeah, and pretty good. Yeah, it just kind of can get crazy. It's sort of allowing you to sack your creatures twice, right? Because you were going to sack them again to get more mana, so Pitiless Plunderer just gives you treasure tokens when you do it. Um, there's a few more cards like that in the deck, but that's what I'd say the standalone cards or the sort of the big bulk of of the deck is trying to more things that you can sacrifice more than once pawn of ulamog's in there a few others like that yeah you're just like you said you're, you're trying to hit that 900 on the half on the half pipe like tony hawk you're just trying to build up for that one big awesome kaboom and then hopefully win the game from there that's As a really a, good analogy yeah it's like just like you're building up the steam and then it's like he's going for the 900 boom and then you do it yep there's I think a, they're up to 1080s now though which is kind of oh. crazy <laughs> 
it's like, man, I've played in so long. <laughs> now I'm talking real life. Like yeah, after yeah. Tony Hawk did the 900, people were like, oh well, yeah, we can, let's do a 1080. <laughs> it's like uh it's like motocross or whatever. How yeah. like it took forever to somebody to do a, a backflip, and now they're trying to do like double backflips, or maybe they are now. Like it's they're crazy. doing like backflips where they're they're, well, they're doing backflips on snowmobiles half the time, now. and then they grab the bike halfway through the backflip. Look, there's a lot of craziness going on out there. The world is crazy. Yeah, it's a vampire. <laughs> the world is, is a vampire. Alinda Lynn Dusk Rose. That was our backup song, but we've yeah. already s- sung it before, so we couldn't. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, there's another aspect to Alenda, and you mentioned it uh, with Ogre Slumlord, which is that she does say whenever another creature dies, put a 1-1 counter on her. So mm-hmm. your opponent's creature's dying does give counters to Alenda, but there, that can be a problematic because the effect you would think of that normally like kills a bunch of your opponent's creatures are board wipes, but that kills Alenda too, so mm-hmm. you won't get a bunch of vampires... Or you won't get credit for all the stuff dying at the same time, right? If somebody there's twenty creatures on the board spread out among four players, and somebody Wrath of Gods, you don't get to put the counters on first, and then right. Alenda dies. They Everything die dies together. at once. So, um, I was trying to think of ways for Alenda to either live through a board wipe, um, or have a type of board wipe where she Benefits will live. Her, yeah. yeah. So the first one, and and this is good because it makes tokens and can protect Alenda in the board wipe. Yeah, I've uh, never seen this played in EDH before. I have a lot of this card because I play a lot of M15. It's Spirit Bonds. Now it's, that I look at this card, this card's really sweet. I think this card's good in a lot of decks, um, but it does two specific things for this deck, yeah. So it's an enchantment for one in the white. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay white. So one white mana. If you do, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. And then you can pay one in the white on the enchantment to sacrifice a spirit and target non-spirit creature gains indestructible until end of turn. So by the way, Requiem Angel, I believe, makes spirits. Yeah. So this works a little bit with that as well. Well, Requiem Angel, uh, when a non-spirit token dies, you get a spirit. So Right, but you- she makes spirits for yeah. you to sacrifice with spirit bonds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you could play a lend on turn five, get a token, and then from turn six on, if you just hold up two mana, you can sort of protect her from board wipes if you want to. And this is really helpful because if somebody does cast Wrath of God, you sacrifice one of your spirits to make a Lenda indestructible, and now she gets credit for all the stuff that dies. Right. You know, it gets huge after yeah, that. In that instance, 19 things are going to die, but she's going to be indestructible. She'll live. She's going to have 20 counters on her, and now, right. again, you're going. And it's just doing something the deck wants to do, which is make tokens that you can later sacrifice you know, every time you play a creature, you can just pay the spirit bonds just to get an extra token because you know you're eventually going to want to sacrifice those for mana or whatever yep. to Ashnod's Altar. Um, the other is a card that, again, one of those cards you don't see played a lot in our format. I think I it, don't know why, by the way. This is I think this is great. Yeah, I think it probably should see more play, but it's really good in this deck. So it's Tragic Arrogance. It's three white-white for a sorcery. It says, for each player, you choose from among the permanents that player controls... An artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker. And then each player sacrifices all other non-land permanents he or she controls. So you, as the caster of this card, I would look at Jimmy's board and I would pick one of each of those types. Um, Creature, enchantment, artifact, planeswalker. If they don't have one, you just don't choose one. Mm -hmm. So if there's no planeswalkers, but you basically get to keep one of each non-land permanent type. And then I do that for the next player and the next player and myself... So I can choose a Lenda to be my creature that doesn't get sacrificed. So this is a way to board wipe most of their stuff. You're going to leave them with their worst creature. Yeah, worst creature, worst artifact, worst enchantment, yeah. worst planeswalker. Here's the thing. This is why Tragic Arrogance is really good in a two-color deck. This deck has no access to real artifact destruction. Yeah. You don't have red in well, here. Well, white can do it, but White yeah. can do it, but not like... Not you're, Vandal Blast. You're not playing Vandal Blast, yeah. right. And Tragic Arrogance, you don't have mass enchantment removal either. So... This is one of the few ways that a mono whiteboard wipe can hit three or four different kinds of permanence. Even though you're not getting rid of all of it, you're still potentially getting rid of a lot. And also, you want Ashnod's Altar to stick around, so right. you wouldn't actually want like Planar Outburst or one of those destroy all non-land permanents. Again, Alenda would die in that instance, and yeah. you have other key cards. So if you've got Ashnod's Altar out and Alenda, no matter what else you have, Tragic Arrogance is going to be good because you play it, get rid of all their best stuff, leave them at their worst things, and when all those creatures die, Alenda gets bigger, and even on that same turn, you might now be able to sack Alenda. Yeah. You know, and you can pre-sack all your other creatures except one to put... Uh, a bunch of counters bunch on her, of counters and then on, have yeah. her, yeah. Actually, you can sack them all, because you can still choose her if yeah. she's your only creature. And in the cases where the person only has one artifact or one enchantment, well, great. Just imagine you just cast a five-mana board wipe for everything else instead. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I really like those two cards, you know, so Alenda doesn't die until I say so is kind of the thing. Um, till Alenda says so or till Josh says so? Till, I guess till the, the uh, whoever's piloting the deck says so. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> I guess Alenda doesn't have a say in the matter then. I did want to quickly mention there is a bit of recursion in the deck. I didn't put none. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And just put two of the best recursion. Yeah, and there and <laughs> two pieces of recursion that are specifically good with Ashnod's Altar, right? Uh, it's Revel Arc and Karmic Guide. These right. are sort of the classics. I think Alex Kessler and like Game Nights Episode 2 use these both to sort use of both combo them, yeah. off and go off. And, yeah. and you can do some crazy combo things with both in play, but either one's good with Alinda. I just realized I have no idea what Revel Arc is doing. It's a, is it a bunch of eggs on the back of a bird? It must be. That's what it is, right? You're like glowing magic aids. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've always seen the art for this card and have no idea what's going on. Anyway, it's four and a white for a 4-3 creature elemental. It's got flying, so it's a 5-mana 4-3 flyer. However, when it's it says when Revelark leaves the battlefield, return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Two creatures. You can also pay one extra mana, six mana, to evoke the spell, which basically means you cast it as a creature and then it immediately dies and gets sacrificed uh, as soon as it enters the battlefield, and then it's going to do the effect that it does when it leaves the battlefield. Um, Revelark, very good card, especially because Alenda, one power, and I'm sure there's plenty of other targets in the uh, deck that I can bring back as well. And then the other one is Karmic Guide. It's three white-white for a 2-2 Angel Spirit. has flying and protection from black. It has Echo, three white-white, which means at the beginning of your upkeep, if this came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay its Echo cost. You never, you almost never pay the Echo cost because what Karmic Guide does is when it enters the battlefield, you return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you can put Alenda directly into play by casting this card. It's also specifically really good with Revelark. Because it's got two power. So what you do is you play Karmic Guide, bringing back Revelark. You sack the Karmic Guide, sack the Revelark. Revelark brings back Karmic Guide and Alenda. And when Karmic Guide comes in, you bring back the Revelark. And now yeah. you're in a cool loop where you can do some crazy stuff like create infinite mana with Astronaut's Altar. Create infinite plus one plus one counters for Alenda because you're constantly sacking and killing creatures. I said most of the combos are not infinite, but you can't build a deck with high synergy without accidentally sort of putting in some infinite yeah. combos especially and when you're talking about recursion in a deck that really needs it it, yeah. it would be a mistake i think not to use Revelark and karmic guide you can maybe use one or the other if you want to avoid infinite combos entirely but they're both way too good um so then that's the recursion that's all the recursion oh no no sorry i put in rally the ancestors oh yeah huh. so this is another card that's going to allow you to set kind of you gotta you gotta go off the turn you cast this kind of mm -hmm. but it's a white, white, and X for an instant. And it says, return each creature card with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield and then exile those cards at the beginning of your next upkeep. So you exile them at the beginning of your next upkeep, which means that you cast this, it's going to bring back a whole bunch of stuff because you're going to make X, you know, five or six. So maybe it brings Alenda, the Requiem Angel, the Ogre Slumlord, mm -hmm. you know, Endrixar maybe. That's That would be the dream. So that yeah. when all that stuff comes in, you make a, ton of thralls you sack it all to Ashnod's altar in the same turn put a bunch of counters on Alenda sack her put a bunch of vampires out sack all of them debt to the deathless that's all in one turn because rally the ancestors yeah. that's it's kind of a explosive uh that's, card that can that's how that again. standard deck worked too it, yeah. it knew it only had that one turn window to do it and so it tried to blow it up as much as possible and it's like casting the empty of the warrens and being like all right well can you block it all i hope not okay past turn don't, <laughs> don't board wipe me 
so there's uh, we, we already talked about Grave Pact and Dictative Erebos. There's some usual suspect cards as well that see a lot of play in decks with, that have those cards. Fleshbag Marauder, Merciless Executioner, uh, Shriek Maw is similar. Fleshbag and Merciless each make um, uh, all players sacrifice a creature. Mm-hmm. And then Shriek Maw... You it can, evokes itself similar to Revelark. Yeah, so it enters the battlefield. You destroy target non-artifact, non-black uh, creature. But if you evoke it, it only costs one in a black, and then you sacrifice it after it comes into play. So you get two counters on a land to kill something specific. Yeah. Uh, that's really important in a deck like this. Those aren't super exciting to talk about, but... Oh, man, we skipped one of my favorite cards. I totally forgot about it. Which one? Okay, so there's a, oh. <laughs> there's a really cool... It's because I forgot to pull the card aside. There's a really cool... Um, little combo with animation module um i haven't got this in play yet but i'm excited about it so animation module is a one drop artifact whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control you may pay one if you do create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token so if any one one counter goes on a creature you control you can pay a mana and that's going to make a token so this another infinite combo with um, Ashna's Altar, because you sack the creature to Ashna's Altar, creating two mana. That puts a counter on Alenda. Mm-hmm. You pay one of those mana to create a servo token, sack it, sack it, make do it, it, and you're right. making one mana each time and growing Alenda to as big as you feel like. So that's another sort of crazy combo-rific thing. You yeah, can you can do. just keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. Ashna's Altar makes a lot of things possible. So that's kind of the main part of the deck and the and the wheels that keep it turning and we're not going to talk about ramp and card draw that much because we talk about that every time and you can look at the deck list it's in the uh, more info box below the video um it's in the show notes if you're listening to the audio but i did want to highlight some cool cards cards that i think are particularly good um well this one is just also one of my favorite and craig's favorite cards i mean if you're in a in black and you're making tokens then this card's in there, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends. It depends on how angry you want to make the rest of the playgroup. Yeah. This uh, is kind of an alternate win condition because you can get to the point where, well, go ahead. Yeah. It's Sadistic Hypnotist, which is three black black for a 2-2 creature human minion. Haha. Targetable by Revelark. Oh, yeah. Sacrifice a creature. Target player discards two cards. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So one creature gets two cards out of someone's hands. Imagine if you had 10 creatures on the board that you could sack. Make a lender bigger, make everyone discard their entire hands, and it's also a sack outlet. Yeah, exactly. And with the Lenda, you can sack your creatures twice. It's not really that hard to sort of make everybody discard their entire hand, right? Right. I mean, let's, again, you have four creatures in a Lenda. Sadistic Hypnotist. Sack the other three creatures. Six cards. Six cards. Alenda is now a 4-4. Four, four, four. Four. Sack Alenda. That's eight cards. Sack the four vampires she makes. That's 16 cards. That's not even, like, crazy, right? That board state's yeah. not insane. That's just... Yeah. Um, also, the mana you have left over, you can still use for something else. Yeah. Right. So you. Well, no, no, you're not gonna have mana because you're sacrificing two sadistic. Oh, you're right. You're but right. You you're didn't right. use any of your mana to do any of that. It doesn't cost any mana, right. so you still have your normal mana for a turn. Um, and you made a ton of creatures, did a ton of stuff. Wonderful day. This might secretly be like one of the top four cards in the deck. Um, it's smothering abomination. It's two black black for a four three. It's an Eldrazi. Has devoid and flying, but it's and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. Mm-hmm. But it says whenever you sacrifice a creature, you draw a card. Hey. If you're going to sack all your creatures twice to make mana, what if you actually got a card every time you did that too? You're just generating mana, value, and sometimes card advantage by making other people discard cards. Hey. And when you're making a ton of mana, what do you want? Well, cards to cast. Yeah. So (laughs) it's a pretty good thing. Uh, The last two are the the white X um, creature token creators. So one is Secure the Wastes, and that's X and white for an instant and you create X11 uh, warrior creature tokens. That card is really good on the end step before your turn to sort of be explosive out of nowhere. To have that, you're right, to give yourself the feel to make that turn the big one. So if you ever have Ashnod's out, even actually you don't, maybe Ashnod's doesn't even have to be out yet. Mm-hmm. If a Lend is out and it's like turn six or seven and you just don't do anything, and on your end step, I make seven 1 1 warrior creature tokens, and then on you know the next turn i cast astronaut's altar there's a good chance you can win that turn now because yeah. sack the seven things sack alenda sack the, the you know eight vampires yeah. how much mana is that a million i mean that's why vodalkin aura is really important mm-hmm. in this deck too so you can really get people and trick them out of nowhere if you're going to try and combo out you want to yeah. do it at like as fast as possible meaning do it all at once not do a piece of it hope, right hope you untap do another piece of it <laughs> hope you know uh the other one is marshall coup 
And Marshal Ku is interesting. It's white, white, and X for a sorcery. It says put X one one white soldier creature tokens uh, onto the battlefield. But if X is equal to five or more, you destroy all other creatures. So you can play this on the turn to actually sort of destroy Alenda in there, depending mm-hmm. on how many counters she's got on her, and leave not just however many vampires she created, but however many soldier tokens you make with Marshal Coup. Again, sack them all to Sadistic Hypnotist or um, or one of the altars and sort of, quote-unquote, go off that turn too. Yeah. Obviously, you also have Skull Clamp in this deck, right? Yeah, Skull Clamp's, again, that's probably a top five card in the deck. Yeah, the obvious cards in this deck are Merciless Eviction. Merciless eviction. Or what? What's like not a big word? Because I don't want exile. I want oh, right, to die. right. Uh, austere, of, austere command, probably. Austere then. command for sure. Um, uh, decree of pain. Right. Because those are the situations where, and like, if I'm going to kill all my own stuff, I want to uh, draw a lot of cards for right. it. I want to find the pieces I need. Not to mention, it's like a nine mana board wipe. You could have a turn where you start sacrificing a bunch of creatures, making Alenda bigger, and then casting that spell halfway through, getting even more counters. That could then... be the way you kill Alenda rather than sacrificing her to Ashnod's altar. So you right. kill everybody else's creatures too and leave yourself with a ton of vampires. Yeah, a lot of cool things. I think the deck is fun to play. You have to do a lot of math. In fact, I, w- I got to the point a couple times where I'm like, I think I'll probably kill everybody, but I don't want to do all the calculations, so, so let's just, just go through it, it and see yeah. and if I'm short, I'm short. <laughs> and it's like, you know, because I'm like, I sack all this stuff, put this many counters, sack it because of an annoying procession. I get twice as many. I sack all those, and I'm, you know, how much mana do I have when that's all done? Uh, 36. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, Woo. you might almost need to get those little storm counter cards that yeah. people have, but just to count colorless mana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your mana out to count the amount of mana you've got. Yeah. Colored, too, because of uh, Phyrexian Altar. So. Yeah, I think a big thing to know about this deck is that it's only two color, and to, the two colors that would really benefit it are blue and red. Uh, red, you could b- red put cards for, like, like Impact, Perforos. Perforos, Impact Tremors, a bu- bunch of different wind conditions, Vandal Blast and all that. And blue for stuff like Trophy Mage to get your three-drop artifacts and just other ways to have artifact-powered stuff in here. But Although, luckily, black is the best tutor color and yep. white tutors for uh, artifacts. Mm-hmm. So you're in still pretty good tutor territory there. Yeah, tutor that's territory. why I think you need tutor territory. <laughs> Welcome to tutor territory. <laughs> that's like a new professor. That's a new series for you. Tutor territory. Well, ugh, He's just got so many tees. Tutor, tutor <laughs> but yeah, I would recommend definitely playing more uh, ways to tutor up cards than not in a deck like this. Um, just because you know, two color, you're a little fragile. It's a little bit of a glass cannon in terms of what you're trying to do. Very much, I think. Uh, to like one targeted removal spell could one board wipe at the wrong time can really get you because yeah. if you don't want to sacrifice a lend, you don't let her go to the graveyard. At that point, you're going to lose your board. And now she costs six mana, and it's just going to be... That sets you back three or four turns from the turn you can, quote-unquote, go off. Yeah. Like, for instance, if someone... If you don't have a thing on the board, and then and then on you know in reaction, in response to you playing an astronaut's altar, they get rid of Alenda. Yep. There's a lot of different ways that once people know what the jig is... If they get rid of your altar? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you got a lot of ways to regrow it. Yeah. So that exactly. could be really bad. Um, but there is something really good about black and white as a color pairing. You know what it is? What's that? Utter End. Utter Ang- End. Anguish Unmaking. Anguish Unmaking. Yeah. Vindicate. Yeah. Just incredibly good all around, all purpose removal. You're very safe against like singular threats. Right. You just have a ton of ways to be like, I can pick off nearly any one thing. Right. Uh, you have board wipes and stuff as well, but not, you know, considering your game plan, they're not as good as perhaps you'd want them to be. Yeah. So. A cool deck, a fun deck. I don't think it's like a tier one deck or anything by by a long shot. But we I, should mention too that when you do make, with instance, for instance, with Cathar's Crusade, a bunch of one one white vampire tokens, they all have lifelink. So if you do, even if they're able to chump block all of them, you're going to gain you know fifty life, eighty life, or whatever. Another card um, that I toyed with in the deck, I don't think I ended up with it in the final list, but it could be correct to have it in there is Viscopa Guildmage mm-hmm. um, because its second ability is one white black, and it says anytime you gain life this turn, each opponent loses that much life. Right. Thing is, you can activate that ability multiple times. So you can oh, activate the Vizcapa like five times and say, anytime I gain life, everybody loses five life. And if right. you ever are at like, I've got seven one one life linkers, you can just activate that a bunch of times. And the seven damage or seven life link actually turns into like, you know, mm-hmm. what is that? Uh, seven times five, 35 damage or so to everybody. That's it's possible good. to do those types of things. That's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. To the listeners. What do you think about Alenda? Are there any cards you missed? Do you think that I went in the totally wrong direction and you would build her a different way, which is totally possible? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I would like to hear from you in the comment section on Twitter, email, patrons, you messages know, on Patreon, or uh, patrons you have 
the Discord server and also the specific episode uh, post that we'd like to hear from you from you in. You know, one thing that I've been really interested in is that a couple of people have come up with ideas of like, oh, how could we format Alinda to be more friendly to the commander format without destroying the format? For instance, someone had an idea for her, but like you aptly mentioned, Child of Alara and other cards that really do care about going to the graveyard would be busted as a result. Child of Alara just seems like so like gut-wrenchingly soul-crushingly oppressive if it, if you change the rules so that like it could go to the command, command zone, zone and still have its trigger yeah, yeah. so if, if you are you know like designing cards or designing ideas i would love to also hear that from the listeners like how would you would you add extra text would you clarify a rules or something yeah. just to make it that a card like this would function better in commander or do you like the challenge tell me the challenge is interesting, and I liked it more as I started to do it, but I still think it would have been very simple just to say when Alenda leaves the battlefield. I don't think there's, you know, obviously, yes, you can blinker, but blue's the strong blink color. White has some, mm-hmm. but it's not as good. So I don't think, and black basically doesn't blink stuff. So I don't think that would have made her broken because if you're playing her with blue, she's in the 99. Um, I just think that would have been a real clean, and I, I, I don't think... Well, not to mention when she comes back, she has one power. So you'd have to start the circus all over again to get her to the point where That's it's a, a really, really good busted point. thing. Well, if you, yeah, but she'd make all the vampires, if it said, when she leaves the battlefield. But yeah, you're right. It's not like right. she'd keep all the counters that she had. Yeah. Like, she's there's no way if it says when Alenda leaves the battlefield, create X, one, one white creature tokens where X is equal to her power. There's no way that if she had that text instead of what she has that she's even a tier one commander. She's probably not even tier two still. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah. All right, enough complaining about it. Uh, <laughs> something that I never complain about nope. is Card Kingdom. If you want a Linda, if you want any of these cool cards for the deck, if you want to build this deck, which, you can, again, you can find the entire deck list in the show notes, please go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to order your cards, your singles, your sealed pro- products. If you want, Rivals of Ixalan has a ton of crazy stuff for our format. Yes. It has a freaking functional Tolarian Academy <laughs> reprint. Uh, I want all those cards, and I'm going to use cardkingdom.com slash command zone to get them, so I think you should too. You know, someone actually pointed this out about our uh, our thing last week, which is if you do get that combo with the guy that makes guys and Polyraptor and Aether Flash. The game just, actually goes forever because... It's not a May ability, so it's, it's, not a it's just ability. a draw. Yeah, it's just going to keep Unless you have tokens. an instant speed way to get rid of your Aether Flash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, someone cross and grips it um, yeah. to save the game. <laughs> our other sponsor for the show, of course, Ultra Pro... Make sure you guys buy Ultra Pro products when you get the chance to. We got playmats, we got playmat tubes, we have deck sleeves, we have deck boxes, all sorts of things uh, to basically enhance your magic collection, make your next gameplay session all that much more fun, allow you to swag out your stuff a little bit more. You can find that stuff on Card Kingdom or just basically go to an LGS anywhere that you want. Buying Ultra Pro products supports the show. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I didn't think about this at all until just this moment. Me neither. Let's talk. What's your favorite snack food? My favorite snack food. Yeah. Like if, if someone put a box or a thing of it in front of you, you just couldn't resist. Even if you were on a strict diet, you would just look at it and be like, I got to eat these. Uh, I mean, it's probably potato chips. I just like, especially just like regular potato chips. Really? Regular? Are really mm. tough. What's your favorite I kind of like, potato chip at, if it's not regular? I, I do like like the jalapeno yeah. uh, style like kettle chips. Me too. I love kettle chips. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, even just regular thin potato chips, like Lay's, fine. I would probably eat the heck out of those. How about you? Um, for me, potato chips-wise, would probably be a tie between jalapeno and just really good barbecue. It's tough to get really good barbecue, though. That's what I found. There's a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of, like, eh, it tastes like barbecue flavoring. Real, like, good barbecue chips, hard to come by. And I think the other thing, though, would be sour punch straws, the candy. Sour punch. You like sour. Uh, I love sour candy and sour punch straws. Like they even have these little bite-sized versions. I've even had one. What? They come in like the long thing, and you pull them out, and they're like a long, small cylindrical tube of sour punchness. Is that sounds more like a candy than a snack? It's a candy. Well, yeah, candy's a snack. Oh, then I would say like haichu. Oh yeah. Oh man, I am addicted to haichu. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know we were including candy. (laughs) How is candy not a snack? Well, I guess if you're thinking of it as in like a a thing that your body wants to digest and could find some nutritional value out of. I find a snack to be something that's like it's not a it's like a a meal. What's the word? Uh, Rescheduler. Oh, rescheduler. It's like you know you eat more of a snack than you do. Like a candy, I would eat like one or two candies, but it's it's not trying to like actually fill me up in any way right 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 just because it tastes good that's a good point yeah you know what else i really do like is popcorn a lot okay that's impossible to resist especially if it's the smell Uh, once i smell popcorn put a little uh 
crushed red pepper in there. Oh, there you go. Some, uh, some nutritional boys. yeast. Have you ever tried nutritional yeast with what? popcorn? What is that? You can find it in like Whole Foods or Sprouts or one of these like more yeah. organic style groceries. Usually the ones where they let you scoop out their own stuff, they'll be nutritional yeast. It's really good on popcorn. A little what, bit of butter popcorn. What does it taste like? It's. Is it nutritional? Well, it's called nutritional yeast, so I assume so. I've never actually <laughs> researched it. It's. Give if it, it sh- makes something taste better, there's a good chance it's not that as nutritional as you want it to be. It, and and but it's called nutrition. Yeah, what the Patriot Act is called Patriot Act, and it's uh-huh. not particularly patriotic. So you know they trick us. Reality TV. Spoiler alert: not real. So maybe yeah. nutritional re- yeast is not nutritional. I have no idea. If it says all do- natural on a packaging, it no doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just you want to look for organic if that that's what you want to look for. <laughs> but if you haven't tried nutritional yeast on popcorn, <laughs> I highly recommend it. That's the real end step: nutritional yeast. Something well, I mean, else. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll try it. You'll, you should. Yeah, I'll bring some in. We have like a certain um, mix of like it's that par- a little bit of Parmesan, uh, crushed red pepper. You mix it all up with popcorn. It's really good. Okay. All right. All right. Something else that's really good. Great. Is the Masters of Modern podcast. Woo! Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them right next to us at collected.company. And uh, you can follow them on Twitter at the MMCast. And the editor for the show and the video and audio versions of this podcast is Terry Robertson. He's been with us for quite a while now, and we're very excited to pass the 200 marker with him as well. So, again, if you guys have any oh, yeah. awesome ideas for the episode 200, please let us know. Please help us out. I have yeah. no ideas right now. You can go comment at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast, collected.company, or find us on Twitter at commandcast or on Facebook at commandcast. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. He makes the intro and outro animations for the show as occasion, as well as occasionally the backdrops that are behind us when we film in the studio. Yeah, this one's actually Balam Nahara, though. He, he also does our thanks, backdrops Balam. sometimes. So thanks, Balam. Thanks, Jeffrey. And right, thank everybody. you to you. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. All right, bye. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.